What's poppin' fam? Welcome to Don't Touch My Mindset, a podcast that is designed to uplift, inspire, and motivate you, and most importantly, share tools to help you protect that mindset. Sunday. Happy Sunday. How you feeling? Yo, I am feeling good. I'm feeling thrilled, focused, inspired, happy, grateful, just happy to be here. Blessed that you're decided to spend some time with me and uh, and the guest that we have today. Yo, super excited for another edition of Pivotal Moments. We are on the West Coast with a, a good friend of mine. Just like, yo, as soon as we hopped on this interview, just popped it off. Just an amazing person, amazing inspirator out in LA doing some amazing things. Um, clear headed to brand. I mean, literally, they're doing a dry January sober pop up for people who are so curious, people who are living alcohol free, just just doing amazing things. So this is something that, that you don't want to miss this week. Uh, please follow the show, rate, review. Uh, tell us how this interview impacted you. Reach out to us at don'ttouchmymindset.com. Or reach out to me personally at DJ Chase on Instagram, uh, all platforms, of course. Yo, we want to hear from you. If you have your own story you want to tell, um, write us. Hello at don'ttouchmymindset.com. Write us. Tell us about your story. Tell us how you want to be on the show and you want to share your pivotal moment. But until then, I want us to dive into this. Uh, uh, right now, get ready. Buckle down. We got the, I mean, you're about to get the raw, the real, the transparent. Absolutely love it. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are back on Wednesday with a brand new mindset for you. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I'm just like, yeah, we got to, right? I would want somebody to ask me, like, what I'm about to drop, what, what, what you're coming on here to do, like, you tell you, like, come on now, we need permission for that. Yo, what is poppin' family? Yo, I'm super excited about this episode. We are here with another edition of Pivotal Moments, and I'm, where, where are we at, West Coast? Are we on the West, West Coast? West Coast. We are on the West Coast this time. Los Angeles, I, baby, yeah. Let's go. We are on the West Coast in Los Angeles with Miss Kate Madry. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> I've got my sobriety sweatshirt on. I am in my home office. I am ready. I am curled up. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to communicate with you. And I'm ready <laughs> to be super honest and raw. So oh. I, I'm so excited to talk. Look at that. Oh, look, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. I know well, you are. I know you are. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm excited. Yo, first and foremost, tell everybody who you are, what you do, what's up, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I think I'm on like day nine post COVID. So I'm a little bit brain foggy. So we'll have to maybe clunk through this, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. And Kate Madry, I'm an actress, comedian and sober person in Los Angeles. I'm 28. So I'm doing my sobriety and my 20 somethings and the founder of Clearheaded, which is a lifestyle brand that basically is like the Martha Stewart of sobriety. Yes. We're trying to teach you how to be social, how to be sober, and how to destigmatize being a non-drinker. Um, because it's a it's like a it's a tough thing to to talk about. I think it's getting a lot easier thanks to people like you and like me and like so many other incredible creators out there who are really 
transparent about their reasons for sobriety or even like how they label being a non-drinker. Um, I think just, yeah, I just want to keep the conversation moving to get people familiar with what their sober care routine is. Um, you know, we there are so many podcasts out there or companies that talk about like, what's your skincare routine and what's your self-care routine? And those are super important. And your sober care routine is just as in interesting to me. Like we're going to learn in this conversation or like you've heard with other guests, like sobriety, like skincare is so different for every person. And um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I'm blabbing a little bit, but that's what clear headed is. Basically it's your guide to sober care. No, that's oh, yeah. phenomenal. That's phenomenal. One, as being somebody a part of the sober community for almost six years now, we need that. We need that. Yeah. So many, so many people have to get to re-know their bodies mm -hmm. during sobriety. And so when you're adjusting to detoxifying your body and what your skin's doing when you're healing from the inside out, you like we need that. And there's and there's nowhere one that I felt safe that I could turn because people were pushing self-care as going out and doing this and doing that. Yeah. And like, so I feel that like, hey, I support your mission. Thank you. <laughs> Get a little Martha. A little Martha. Thank you, little Martha. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, we are here to discover you and find out what led you up to that journey. What was like, what did that look like before you were doing all the amazing things that you're doing in sober care and clear headed. Like what, 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 who was Kate Madry before? Kate Madry before was Tequila Katie. Um, so just, that was it. It was Tequila. It was, look, I think every, every person can relate to this. At some point, if you are drinking in society as a young adult or as an older adult, it is a hamster wheel that everybody, I think, at one point or another gets caught on. Even if it's just you go to a bachelorette party for a weekend and everything is revolving around the drinking and the mimosas and you wake up and you start with a mimosa and then you go to lunch and then you have a beer at lunch and then the beer turns into let's do shots and then the shots and you go home and you know you have dinner that night but you're already kind of feeling hungover from the mimosas and the sugar and you take a nap and you wake up to drink more. And it's like this hamster wheel of just not feeling good, coping, leaning, and stumbling through life, kind of in like a, a booze haze. And that's where I was for like years of my life. Now, when I was in it, I didn't necessarily realize how hazy it was. Um, kind of like when you're driving in fog, you're just focused on what's immediately in front of you. And if you had to forecast what was down a mile, you, you it's not even like nobody's ever thought of that. You're just focused on not crashing. What are my headlights showing? And how do I stay on this road? So now that I'm out of it, I've been sober for two years. I can... I have a better grasp at like how, just how foggy that road was that I was on. But when I was in it, especially being in like my twenties, I was just like, this is what people do. You go to work at a restaurant and you're an actor and it's, you know, maybe you had some auditions and you're kind of bummed out about it and your coworkers are offering you shots in the back and that's what you do because you're all doing it together. And 
you get off work and then what do you do you go get more drinks at the bar around the corner and I don't know it just my whole life was like one drinking event to the next and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording like I really feel like there is a discovery phase before recovery and I would say for like three years I was in the discovery phase of like okay this drinking this much isn't working for me I have both sides of my family there's alcoholism um I don't think I sorry the brain fog but there's also like a million thoughts because it's it's such a it's like a heavy question you know yeah yeah like I think my discovery phase was when I started understanding that it wasn't going to work out for me long term like you have that realization where you're like okay this has got to have an expiration date and it's I don't know how that that's going to expire but I can also kind of choose how it expires and if I choose to throw the bad food out before it stinks the whole fridge up or before somebody accidentally eats it and gets sick like that's me taking my power back but I wasn't sure how I was going to do it and so I started questioning like okay could I do like a month of no alcohol and I'd try I'd go okay I'm gonna this month I'm not gonna drink at all I make it to like day three and there would be a birthday party or my coworkers would want to go out and because my that discovery phase for me was so based in shame I'd wake up, I'd feel so hungover. I would have said something I didn't want to say, would have taken a picture a certain way, didn't want to take a picture. I would have flirted with somebody I shouldn't have flirted with. I would have done something that caused me to feel shame. And I would let that shame fuel my logic into changing, but that shame subsides. And then if you don't have something like a root desire to fundamentally change for the better, not just to get rid of the shame, but to truly evolve as a person, then it when that shame subsides that motivation subsides for me at least so the day three would come around and I wouldn't feel shameful anymore I wouldn't feel guilty I wouldn't feel embarrassed and I'd go and drink and that went on for years where it was like shame-based pendulum swinging of like I'm not drinking at all okay never mind it's totally fine and when 2020 hit and I was isolated and I was left to my own free will of not having to uber anywhere because i you know nobody was going anywhere i could just postmates tequila or i could walk around the corner and get alcohol and sit on zooms and no one had to know but i knew it started i think becoming more unbearable for me um that expiration date came closer i could feel it like i didn't like the way that my life was was leading um and I also fell in love during that time which was so pivotal for my story because I hadn't it it was such a big part of who I am that I hadn't ever realized because I fell in love with a woman and I had no I'd never dated a woman before we're still together she was my best friend we've fell in love drinking tequila which is so ironic because now we're both sober yeah um 
And I was ruining that relationship because I was drinking so much because I was so nervous and I was so uncomfortable in my body and in my emotions and in my feelings. And um, I met her family one Thanksgiving in 2020. And I was so nervous. I was like, I'm meeting a girl's family for Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. Um, holy moly. <laughs> this is like a big life thing. Yeah, and yeah. I reached for my nearest crutch, which was rose and tequila. And I was drinking tequila in the guest bedroom in between appetizers. And I got so drunk and we got into a huge fight. And her family heard us fighting. And it was just the worst look, the messiest look. And it, what it was, was not who I was. Like it was so untruthful to my core. Mm -hmm. And that was my, my aha moment. I woke up the next day and out of all the years of discovery and out of all the years of shame and out of all the years of going back and forth, I understood that I could either keep ruining what was good in my life by escaping and numbing with alcohol, or I could make the effort to stop drinking, become present for my life, and create a life that I wanted to stay present for. And that's sounds really nice and put together right now it wasn't that pretty and put together then I had one beer the next day and haven't drank in since mm -hmm. and that that was like my that was my thing that was a long-winded answer I'm so sorry that was a little clunky thanks everybody for listening and sticking through that but um yeah wow I uh podcast over she came she executed boom there it is get I your know, it's a long enough answer it could be a whole <laughs> podcast couldn't it episode one one question with kate madry <laughs> i love it yo thank you for one sharing that two thank you for being raw and real about that and bringing that all so now it's time to unpack okay <laughs> now it's time to unpack all of that um because with who you were before obviously wasn't who you were down to your core and you had to go through the discovery phase. And it's so interesting that you see it as a discovery discovery phase as that's actually what I help people do is discover who they really are. And I, and I only work with people who are in active recovery. So 90 days to six months anything before that you gotta you gotta do that yourself and the reason i say that because there's people like you out there who made the choice i didn't make the choice so i can't speak on oh just stop here stop there i didn't want to i didn't want to stop i woke up in a jail cell and so i was like yo i i i can't stop on my own and i needed a system i was too impulsive and for you to wake up and take control of your life and say that this isn't who I want to be, you know how powerful that is? Like, th th that in itself is a pivotal moment if you really break that down to where you break the limiting beliefs of who you thought you were and really step into who you become. And that's, that's I just wanted to give you flowers for that choice that you made because there's not everyone who can make that choice at all. Ah, thank you. Yes. And that's so true. It isn't, it, it's like a, a luxury that I was able to have that, uh, scenario. 
-hmm. like that option, that choice. Um, it's interesting how different our stories are. And I'm, again, you're coming on my podcast, so we'll get really into your story. But it isn't, I think like with clear headed and I think with like hearing my story and then also like, I'm interested to know yours on this and like your take on this too, because I think for so long, even for me, like my years of discovery or my years of going back and forth came because I said, well, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And I went back to it because I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. I'm not in jail. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing all of these things that people have put out as like, this is your rock bottom. You need to hit this and then you, you can sever from it. Right. And then you can go get help. And then, and then. And I think the more that we talk about that you can like step away before, if you can, you should. Because I'm not, no one is exempt from getting there. No mm -hmm. one is exempt from hitting that rock bottom. No one is exempt from becoming an addict and becoming physically dependent on a substance that is mm -hmm. designed to make you physically dependent on it. No one is exempt from it. So if you keep on that train, like if I would have woken up the next day and said, screw it, whatever, and rode that wave and made a different choice, mm -hmm. there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that I wouldn't have gone and hit the rock bottom that I had put in my head or that you see on TV and movies mm -hmm. that everybody goes to and hits. Yeah. You know, like no one is exempt from that. Yeah. And that's why your story is so important because it shows you that your rock bottom is when you decide to stop digging, when you wow. decide to throw out the shovel and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm deep enough. This yeah. is cool. It doesn't look like anything. It doesn't look like the, the movie say or found the guy outside in the trash can. It doesn't look like that. Not no. always. It could come in the form of a divorce, a door slamming. It can come in the form of an argument. It can come in the form of you looking in the mirror and saying, yo, what am I doing to myself? 100%, 100%. Yeah. That's why that's why this is so important to shed light on so many different perspectives and aspects on people just getting through the toughest parts of their life. Mm -hmm. I say, um, I say all the time that life can only be fully understood backwards, but we're forced to experience it forward. So when we're able to look back and reflect on our lives what is the number one lesson you think you can pull out of your your pivotal moment um well that's a great first way to look at it because it's true and i think there's like a freedom in looking at it that way of like you this is what we're assigned we're assigned this like forward moving life we're gonna perceive time in this one way but we do have opportunities like with the question that you're asking me of like you we all have opportunities to reflect mm -hmm. i think in my pivotal moment like my reflection or my lesson that i've learned i don't know i gain new lessons from it depending on like the season of my life that i'm in which i think is kind of like the most beautiful thing about it right because you can get what you need from yourself from your life from your quote-unquote failures and from your successes mm -hmm. I think 
I don't know, I guess sitting here today, my biggest observation of that pivotal moment, I think we're all just so much stronger than we understand in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think we're just so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Because even asking the question, mm-hmm. even like, I still feel like when I was, you know, just at the phase of like questioning my drinking, I hadn't even done anything about it. I still think that I had the same amount of strength then as I do or as I did when I made the choice to not drink. You know, like and see it through in like a linear way. Yeah. So far, God willing, like it keeps being linear, but I I still think like I don't know. Maybe that's my observation. Does that make sense? Like, am absolutely. I communicating that okay? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That. Trust <laughs> me, I'm, I'm I'm following along because one, you're going to pull different things as we grow, as we grow forward. We're going to grow when we reflect too, which is why I believe that when we become uncomfortable, it forces us to lead to introspection which leads to reflection and makes us examine the season we are in our life through the correct lens for the perfect opportunity for growth, no matter where we are. And I always say, uh, like the quote I I was just reading, um, everything always works out in the end. And I sat on that and I was like, yo, like, I mean, I've been through some bad things. There's people out there that's been through some horrific things, right? And if I walked into a room and I said, everything always works out in the end, how would that be perceived? And and I thought about it, I thought about it, I thought about it. And I was like, well, Jay, name your number one worst day. When I woke up in a jail cell, February 5th, 2017. And I was like, what's today? December 6th, 2022. At the end of that worked out, you're still here. And I'm like, wow, I, I am. And when I really thought about it, I was like, we have survived 100% of our bad days. We have uh, like 100% survived 100% of our worst, of our worst. Right here, standing right now, if you're feeling okay, if you're listening to this and you're like, yo, I, I, I feel kind of down or I feel all right, uh, think of a time when it was worse and we've survived that. And so, one thing that I always say, is give ourselves credit for the things that we've been through. And we're a lot stronger than what we think. And when it comes to defining your strength and what you had to endure to make the choice, to pull yourself together, to repair your mindset, your relationships, your body, and everything, your, you know, your spirit, your, your, your business, and everything to repair and initiate that. Um, what do you think besides drinking within you made that start or made that change does that make sense yes totally like uh well i think it does like you could tell me if i answer you're like your answer i don't even know where you're what you're answering but yeah (laughs) um i think I'm shifting in my seat because this is a good this is such a great conversation such a vulnerable conversation yeah. oh i love this so much um i think that my 
Uh, I think that... I think that my desire to be... Um... A million answers going through my mind. So sorry. No, you're good. I think that... I think that my desire to not be what I grew up with was what I think giving myself a better adult version of myself, like becoming my own home and becoming my own safety was what like made me want to see it through once I was able to see that. Like I was not able to see that I was capable of becoming that for myself for a long time. Again, the discovery was based in shame and it was based in guilt and it was not based in like love or admiration for the potential that I had within myself. It was like just totally based in shaming my lesser qualities that had come through and that were like driving the bus that was my life. Wow. So understanding that I had the ability to be that for myself is still to this day like my biggest fuel there's two parts of that realization there is a like a sense of um grief that i had to go through and that i still think i go through sometimes <clears throat> and i think it's really natural i think i'm sure that you went through it too where you have to grieve the idea that something that you've done for so much of your life is good for you or that was something that you had in your idea in your head was like your best friend was your partner in crime was your safety understanding and grieving the fact that that is just not true there's not a level of that that is true there is not a for me a one drink there is not a balance there is not a sometimes we kick it and sometimes we don't there is no level in that relationship where that thing is good for me there was a lot of grief that came with that yeah. you know but it, it the grief allowed me to move on um, and I think that grief came when I understood too, like knowing I could be that for myself, but also having to say like, in a certain way, no one can be that for you. Like, not only can you be it for yourself, you have to be it for yourself. No one else is going to give that to you. It's your sole responsibility. And that's a lot to process. Yeah. You know? It's uh, it's the fact that nobody else is going to want it as bad as you want it. So how bad do you want it? Exactly. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that question. But no, I want to... What you said about grief is so important and valuable because it shows up in all different shapes and forms. It shows up in all... in like, like you said, I did. I, it showed up to me as I had to put to death a version of myself that I thought was the best version of myself. Yeah. When, when I woke up in the jail cell, when I woke up and when like that version of me died, died, never to be seen again. That type of version of Jay yeah. went away. And I had a shedding period where I had to shed my old friends, old environments, 
about things like everything that I had built my life around because of who I was. I'm not saying that I was like terrible, horrible. I just like to party. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that when I looked up, I was alone. And when I was gone for six months in prison, nobody reached out to me. Nobody. I came back, I checked, you know, you check your messages, you get your phone back. I was not a single message. And that's when it like hit me when I was like, yo, all right, this is my life and I have to design it and I don't want to go back. And so that's not an option for me. So I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. Um, Can I ask, how did you like process that feeling like of not having, like, did you, what was that moment like when you don't see any messages or you don't see any people or you don't see any response like what did that feel like and how did you move through that feeling because feelings are intense when you are sober especially in like your first go your first year Mm -hmm. like and that's just such a an overwhelming how did you do that like how did you process that um yeah um (laughs) thank you um i processed it through one acknowledging that it was real it was real that this was reality that nobody cared where i went for the last six months nobody cared about who jay was when i left nobody cared about that version of jay that nobody really honestly genuinely cared that i was not there and so i developed what i call the with you or without you mentality, which I still use in my relationship right now. Like if if I look at my partner and I tell her, yo, we um I'm going to the gym with you or without you. And that is um we're like, hey, I want to go with you, but now it's on you to do something. You know, I'm not gonna wait around for you. You know my you know what I'm doing, you know my expectations of who I am. And that really made me dive into just being a good person and knowing that like when I leave, when my expiration date comes, I want people to miss me. I want people to know me. I want people to say things about me, good things about me, and not just like mm, another one lost. But you know, that's I, I. It hurt. I had to accept it, acknowledge it, and make it fact that it's just me, and I and I have to want to better myself with or without anyone around me. You said that version of Jay, and I feel like that is such a good way to look at it. Mm. You said nobody cared about that version and I think that you know I've done so many interviews I'm sure you have too where people are like what was it like what were you used to tell me all the bad things you used to do it's like going and digging at a wound and I'm like look shame does not breed success in my book I can't like I look at that version that person and I don't feel like I identify with her anymore And I feel like there's been a lot of forgiveness that I've been able and grace that I've been able to give my past because it's a different version of me. Do you feel like that's the same with you? Like, um, for me, I had to, so for me, I really embodied shame and guilt. I had a judge look at me and tell me I was guilty for the bad things that I did and sent me away for six months, removed me from society. And when I sat with that by myself in a concrete box, uh, writing out my feelings, examining who I was, I really had to look at it like, okay, that was a version of me. And I respect 
the things that you did in order to survive, to make the decisions that you did in order to get you to where you are right now. And as I look up, are you somewhere where you desire to be, Jay? And I had to be completely honest with myself and say, no, not. Nor did I, but every action, every decision, every habit put me to that place, whether it was intentionally or unintentionally, it put me on that track and on that road. So I had to seal that version of me with a stamp of approval, a stamp of respect and tuck it away. Like I respect who you were, I, I approve it, I get it, I understand, hurt. And um, we just gonna put you to rest now. And, and we're gonna go through a rebirth, a reinvention uh, of who I want to be. You're so awesome. <laughs> you so You're eager. so amazing. It's just, it never ceases to like, just fundamentally take me to my core when I realize how different everybody's story is. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, we are all fingerprints. Like we're all, your thumbprint, my thumbprint, everybody, it's just so different. Everybody's story is so different. Everybody's recovery is very different. Um and you've just overcome so much. I can't wait to have you on my podcast. I'm telling you. I can't wait. I'm getting, I like literally teary-eyed. Like oh. it's incredible. Wow. And wow. anybody out there is listening too, like I have no idea how many different stories or hurdles or inner turmoil or out exterior situations like people are in, but gosh, aren't we all incredible? Yeah. I mean, we're here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking, yeah. we're listening, we're trying. We're in the discovery phase. We're in the recovery phase. Like, whatever you are, like, we are just freaking resilient people. Yeah. And you know, the beautiful thing about resilience is that it can be built. So even if you think that you're not, practice. Because it can be built. You can measure. Take a test. There's a resilience test. Take a test. You can measure resilience now. And then in 90 days, measure it again. Yes. You can build resilience. Yes. Wow. I want to take that test. Will you send me a link? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my mentor, my mentor created a, um, uh, developed a, a, a program for uh, the university hospital here in my town. And um, he said to me, which has always stuck with me, he said, we actually give uh, residents the resilience test because I don't believe it's the smartest doctor that makes the best doctor. It's the most resilient doctor that makes the best doctor. Uh. And so they measure every resident's resilience and then they measure test scores. Wow. So have you taken it? Yeah. What's your score? How do you <laughs> score? Do you score out of like super resilient or like kind of like, yeah, you're okay. Kind of resilient. <laughs> One to 10. What's your number? <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you until you take it. There you okay, go. Okay. So it's not, so it's high. I'm not going to tell you until... Yo, you ready for some rapid-fire questions? I, I'm about... so ready. I'm so ready. Okay. If you take away all the trials, all the tribulations, all the adversities, if you take away all the successes, all the titles, all the accomplishments, who are you and why are you here? I think I'm just here to help. Mm, come on now. Yes. 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 I think yes. I'm just here to help. I... um. Somebody once asked me, like, what would the title of my book be if I had it? And I think mm. my title of my book would be, I'm just here to help. In every job I've done, in every friendship, relationship, I really feel like I'm just here to help. 
I don't always know what that looks like. That's not my job is not to be the all-knowing person, but just to try to help everybody figure out what what their recipe is. Like, what ingredient can I be in your cake? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, we'll dive into that later. I love that. Uh, <laughs> um, what <laughs> What is your personal strength? I think my perspective is my personal strength. Okay. Um, yeah. That as simple as that. That's your. As that's your. As that. That's your personal strength. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's you. I think so. Can't I know that. so. Sometimes it's seeing the humor in things. That's my perspective. Sometimes it's seeing the complexity in things. That yeah. could be my perspective too. I think it's just my perspective is my personal strength. That's your superpower. I love it. Um, what does your personal strength look like when it's overextended? I don't believe that we are born with weaknesses. I believe we are born with limitations. As Superman can fly and shoot beams out of his eyes when his only weakness comes from his own planet. So I say our limitations are manufactured from our strengths overused. What does your personal strength look like overextended um like depletion mm-hmm. i hope i'm answering this in you the right are. way and i'm and i'm understanding but i think if my personal strength is perspective i think my my when it gets overextended it's when i don't know how to stop giving people my perspective mm. they don't know how to stop trying to fill everybody's cup at the table no one asked for a refill mm. that's when i it, it it's it's too that's much because then i end up with an empty cup yeah. and then that person comes along and they want some water and they don't have any and guess whose cup is empty and i can't pour mine. yeah 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 and then yeah. and then we become somebody completely different see i i love that um nope um personal blind spots what are your personal blind spots personal blind spots gosh i think it really goes hand in hand with like when i'm overextended i think sometimes i i just really if i'm i think a couple of things. Okay, maybe overcritical. Hi, maybe that's something. Hi, okay. If I can find a million things I can't even articulate, maybe I'm being a little too hard on myself here. Um, oh, no, I love I that think, you see the beauty in these questions. Yes. Yes. Um, I think I think my ego gets in the way sometimes. I, I, I'm human. I I'm trying. I've been trying to work with my ego in like a strength way because I do think. Sometimes it's helpful, um, but I I think my e- well I guess I think my ego gives me my blind spot, which is um, you know not everybody again wants your water from your cup. Not everybody wants it, <laughs> really truly. And I sometimes I just really have a hard time seeing who does. I'm like no, but your cup is almost empty. You really yeah. need water in that cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, Virgo, little judgmental. A hundred percent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they didn't want water in their cup. They were drinking all of their water because they want to put juice in the cup. You don't have juice, so you got water. Okay, <laughs> so just know what you have to offer. 
well, you really shouldn't be drinking juice. You really need water. Have you drinking enough water today? Right. Yeah, that, hi. Yeah, that's my... Blind spot. Yes, I love it. Um, one, uh, give yourself credit for the amount of self-awareness because most people can't answer those questions. Most people don't know what their strength looks like to overextend it when they know, hey, I could probably tone that back. And then my people don't know what their blind spots are. They're like, blind spots, what are those? For me, it's follow through on commitments, dog, 100%. It was Sunday, I was like, yo, I might have to push this interview back. And then you hit me up, I was like, all right. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, it, my blind spots are following through on commitment. And so as I become the man that I wanna be, I need to hold myself accountable for I can cheat you all day. I can't cheat myself. I gotta look at myself in the mirror. I gotta go to sleep with myself. You know, my partner hates it when I tell her, I'm like, yo, I, I lay my head on my pillow by myself every night, no matter if I'm next to you or if I'm not next to you. Well, I don't like the way you say that. Well, the only reason that I say that is because I'm the only person in my head that knows the things that I did and knows the judgments that I made and the decisions that I made and whether that pushed me towards the person that I wanted to be or it kept me stagnant in where I am or if, even if I regressed. And okay, so- Can I ask you though, because like, this is such a healthy perspective to have, like independence, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not, am I throwing off this rapid fire by totally <laughs> hiccuping this? No, I love it when I'm so like switching, I'm like rapid fire to you now. But, um. <laughs> because it is such, there is this duality of independence and then dependence on other people, especially in sobriety. Like you need community. You, I really believe you need a support system. I don't know how that looks. That could look like AA, that could look like rehab, that could look like weekly Zoom meetings, that could look like however, but community is important. Yeah. So how do you like balance having total independence in yourself and also the ability to accept being dependent on other people for those blind spots and for those shortcomings and for those things that maybe you're not super sturdy on yeah. like how do you balance and navigate that yeah um self-awareness self-awareness and practice um is first and foremost one through the practice and the work that i do i believe that there's three levels of mastery and that is understanding self understanding others and then you recognize situational needs. What 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 does the situation call for? Does it call for your personal strength? Or does it call for somebody else's personal strength? And if it calls for somebody else's personal strength, are those the type of people that you keep around you? So one, it makes me check my environment of if there's people always around me that need to be around me because of who I am and my limitations. So if I have somebody who's strong in accountability, they're gonna help me follow through on commitments. If I have somebody if I have somebody who's very structural and analytical, they're gonna help me slow down a lot because I'm very fast paced and upbeat and energetic. So it's that self-awareness of knowing that to have that balance. But one thing that really keeps that independence for me, this has totally turned into your interview. So here, <laughs> I've never okay. done a pivotal moments like this. I oh love my it. God, I'm so sorry. I hope it's uh, not. I love it, I love it. But what, what it is, is I ask myself four questions four questions um, when it comes to my independence and embracing others and community. One, Jay, what around you has been done for you? And so I give grace and credit to the, the things that have already been done for me, the things that are already working without me, with or without me, this is already working, right? Support groups, AA, reframe, other things, other, like they're already, that's done for me, right? Then I ask myself, Jay, what is done with you? 
So then I look at my support group, then I look at my people, then I look at this and being from a place where when I didn't have this, just much like you and like uh, during lockdown and quarantine and COVID, when we take ourselves back to the place that we were when we didn't have that, and then we show gratitude for the things that we could have out here. So what's been done for me, what's been done with me. And then I check myself and I say, Jay, what work is done by you and what work is done through you. And that's what creates the interdependence rather than completely independent from my relationships and completely dependent on my relationships for growth is something when you want to do it with community or somebody growth is something you have to one be on the same page with with those that you want to grow with and there's two types of growth in life intentional growth and accidental growth i spent 75 percent of my life in accidental growth and now i make the shift to intentional growth and so i get to decide where i grow how i grow when i grow and who i grow with and that I put forward, and that determines my inter, inter, uh, independence and interdependence. Yes. Ah, uh, you're welcome, everybody listening. <laughs> I just got such a good answer from you. Ah, uh, thank you. That's... Thank you for letting me ask that because it is. I don't know what's happening with that candle back there. <laughs> right. I'm going to blow it out real quick. Um,. <laughs> It is, it's a hard thing to balance. It is like being codependent or then being too dependent where you're pushing people away, yeah. you know, or too independent where you're pushing people away. Like it is a hard thing to balance. Those are great checklists to, to get in the habit of asking. Mm -hmm. For me, with me, by me and through me. Ugh. Mm. So good. Work is the most ad admirable thing that we can do work is so whatever your work is you do that with all your might and you ask yourself what has already been done for me what is working with me what is working by me and what is working through me and that's what keeps me on that on that constant pace of continuous improvement love it yeah i didn't know i was interviewing myself well guys thank <laughs> you for listening uh we're gonna be back with a part two of this so we can finish this up Oh, I love it. Um, Kate, please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can reach you. Um, anything, shameless plug, whatever you want out there where they can listen to the podcast, all the good stuff. Totally. Well, Jay's going to come on my podcast, Clear Headed <laughs> Podcast. Um, you could check out any journal articles, guides, uh, non-out cocktail recipes, how to entertain, how to have a sober birthday. Check out my Martha Stewart of Sobriety website, clearheaded.co. Um, you can find us on Instagram at clearheaded.co and you can follow me along at Kate Madry on Instagram as well. And maybe we'll have like six parts of this. Should we do a show? Maybe we need to sell a show. Let's sell a show. Let's sell a show. Jay and Kate talk about sobriety. Yo, it can be like Snoop Dogg and Martha of I sobriety. There I love it. it. <laughs> I love it. It'll all be analogies. We'll just be baking a cake the whole time. And the recipes will be like your four steps for how to make sure that you're balancing independence and dependence. What are the four things? Slideshows galore. I love it. I'm for Ashley Day.